0: Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews here with Nexon Pruitt healthcare attorney, Matthew Roberts. Matthew, good to be with you again. Good to see you. A lot of people that you've known have had COVID um, and, you know, have overcome it. How are they doing?
1: You know, it's all over the place. Uh, most people are doing pretty well. Um, they've recovered nicely. There are a few that are still struggling, um, you know, weeks, months later. So it's, it's all over the board, but the majority seem to be faring pretty well.
0: Yes. And uh, today, after a short break, we are going to speak with someone who has um, gone through this battle and is continuing to overcome the battle of COVID-19. That is Newberry County Sheriff Lee Foster. So stay with us for Taking the Pulse. Welcome back everyone. With us today on Taking the Pulse is Newberry County Sheriff Lee Foster. He has been serving as sheriff in Newberry County since 1989. Uh, Lots of awards bestowed upon him over the course of the years, including South Carolina Sheriff of the Year, South Carolina Victim Advocates Association Humanitarian of the Year. Sheriff Foster, thank you so much for joining us today. We know um, that you have had COVID. Um, how are you feeling today?
2: Well, compared to where I was uh, several weeks ago, I'm in good shape, but, uh, but it's, it's been a struggle and it's been a battle, and it's, it's a continued battle uh, even today.
0: Mm.
1: Well, Sheriff, thanks again for doing this with us and we're glad you're doing better. But- to the extent you can, can you walk us through your COVID experience when you first became aware that you were infected, how that happened and then what happened after that?
2: Well, we have taken it very seriously at our office and at my home uh, with, with a lot of the uh, preventative measures and strategies since uh, the end of February, 1st of March. Uh, hadn't had any problems, but on the, uh, The Tuesday before New Year's, I had a COVID test and the COVID test came back negative and I felt fine all day. That was on the Tuesday, uh, progressed through the week. On Thursday, I started exhibiting some cold-like symptoms. So uh, that was uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, muddled through New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, then I went to a DHEC testing site uh, on the Monday, uh, correction, on on, uh, Sunday, and was tested at a DHEC testing site on the Sunday after New Year's, and found out I was positive. My symptoms were relatively mild. I, uh, uh quarantined at home and uh just moderate to mild flu-like symptoms Uh, i had completed my quarantine period and was actually going to go back to work the next day on limited duty but going to still go back to work but i woke up on that monday could not breathe uh weakness uh ended up having to call an ambulance uh had an extremely low uh, blood oxygen level, was taken to the emergency room here in Newberry, and then I was hospitalized. Uh, It progressively got worse throughout the time. And then on that following Wednesday, I started suffering severe uh, uh, breathing issues and was... uh, in the COVID care unit here at Newberry County Memorial Hospital, and there were a lot of difficult decisions being made by medical teams as to which route of treatment that I was going to get, and uh, kind of progressively got worse, and then finally, uh, over about a three-day span, uh, I, I, I was stabilized, and uh, but it was it was touch and go. From what they told me, that one of the doctors said that, uh, you know, the question might have been in doubt uh, a couple times there because of severe respiratory issues. I had pneumonia from the COVID, and I also had pneumonia uh, that is of the bacterial kind.
0: Sheriff Foster, I mean, you you have been always a very active person. You know, personally interviewed you a number of times in my previous career. Um, It's just so shocking to hear that you got so sick so fast, especially after your quarantine period. I I suppose that was a complete shock to you and your family.
2: Well, when when I've been going at this business in law enforcement or in firefighter uh, for 45 years, wide open, Uh, that's the way I live my life as a young person in high school and college i'd wide open and i mean literally ran into a wall and uh, i could not walk i could not walk three feet wow Uh, uh, and then the worst part was uh, how fast you deteriorate and can't do anything and i will promise you one thing you need air
1: Mm. You, you gotta breathe yeah.
0: Right. I think I and I, I learned about your story. I saw um, you know lots of people expressing prayers and support. And your wife Carol was so great to keep us all updated. And I, I, I how is she doing? How's you know your two kids? How are they doing?
2: Our daughter, uh, who is in education, she seemed to have avoided it. I know that's a touchy topic, but that's the truth. <laughs> And uh, our son, who is in uh, uh, retail-type business, uh, he caught it from us, and my wife caught it. And we all had varying degrees. Actually, our son uh, had, had it worse beginning. Uh, he had a more moderate case than either she or I. She had a very uh, minor case, more like a uh, sinus infection. But... Uh, they both started recovering, and I, I was recovering, but and I didn't leave the house. I never left the house. But then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it—it it hit, and when it got me, it got me. Mm. So, I—I I mean, I heard, uh, you know, heard him say initially that it—it it varies how it affects people, and I, that's another astonishing thing. That's just hard to—it's hard to wrap your, your mind around. I can just jump on somebody like it did me and I don't have any underlying conditions. I'm, I, I'm, for my age, I, I feel like I'm relatively healthy. Uh, I don't have diabetes. I haven't had any major illness in my life. Uh, so I, I just, i it's, it's astonishing to me.
1: Well, Sheriff, you've been a first responder, worked with first responders for decades. Um, but how did it feel to be, witness and experience the frontline COVID healthcare workers as a patient?
2: I'm gonna tell you the nurses, the medical staff, uh, support staff at the Newberry County Memorial Hospital were absolutely fabulous. Uh, you, you just, words cannot describe what they do, but having been what I consider A fairly long-term patient in the hospital for over 16 days most of it in the COVID care unit I witnessed the toll that it took on them and they were so caring compassionate we could not have visitors and I understand that and that's not a complaint because I'll be honest with you I didn't want a visitor I couldn't have handled a visitor uh, especially in the shape I was in but they were my visitors. They were my family.
0: I just can't believe it you were in there 16 days. 16 days.
2: There's people that are still there when I was there. Are hmm. still up there right now. Because uh, it takes a on some people it takes a terrible toll. Uh, worse than me. I'm 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 more fortunate. I didn't know this at the time, but I had a good friend that was in the same COVID care unit that I was in. And he is still in the hospital. They had to transfer him, and he's still in the hospital. So he's, he and his family are worse off than I, Uh, and he's younger than me, and what I would consider better health than me. So, uh, you know, because he's younger, I don't.
0: Right, right. I I hope he's out soon. Um, emotionally, what were the challenge of? challenges of because you normally are the one to help like you're you know you you are running into the fire or running to the crime scene and now you've got to handle the unknown for yourself
2: that was tough um there were uh several days there that were very very dark in my life mainly because i've always been the helper uh And now I was helpless. I couldn't walk three feet. Uh, I couldn't do a lot for myself. And then I had these wonderful, wonderful people just taking care of me. But that was a little, uh, you know, a little degrading, I guess. Not not for what they did, I mean, because God bless them. But, you know, when you're always there to be the one that they call on, now you Mm -hmm. have to call on somebody. And it was very difficult on my mental health to have to do that.
0: I can understand. So, um, what about your department? Or you know, how has your department been fa- faring? Are you really the only one who's in your department who's been as sick with COVID like this?
2: We had a we had a race of it through our department. Uh, and it was about the same time that I got it. We we did a little contact tracing on our own, <clears throat> and uh, we kind of traced it back to how most of us caught it. And it was it was through the job, uh, uh, on duty, and uh, but but I was unfortunately I was the worst of the bunch. Uh, don't know why because. I wasn't I wasn't the X factor, but I got it from somebody else. But again, I don't think anybody understands how it affects people. Um, but most of our folks had mild or moderate cases.
1: Sheriff, law enforcement's a dangerous business. We know that. Um COVID's made it more dangerous. As a leader of the department, how did you deal with the stress of sending your folks out into the public knowing that they would be more exposed? than most people uh, because of the fact that they have to do their jobs.
2: Well, we began early taking precautions. Uh, As you well know, uh, a lot of confusion as to how you're supposed to handle it, what you're supposed to have. We had a healthcare professional tell us we didn't need to wear a mask. You know, I'd I'd initially asked for donations of masks when you couldn't get them. We had a healthcare professional tell us argued argued with us that we didn't need the mass that the mass needed to go to the healthcare workers. Uh, so and DHEC was giving mixed signals and you were getting mixed signals from all other place. And look, I'm, that's not a complaint. That's though no, nobody knew. I mean, you, you, that's right. you're, you're fighting an invisible enemy and you just got to, to go with what you go with. But on front end, we took some cautions, uh, to to try to protect our folks and we met with them and we gave them the opportunities. If you got underlying health condition, let us know and we'll reassign you or you can work from home or we'll do the best we can. Unfortunately, not a lot of law enforcement, you can work from home, but your staff (laughs) can, but we didn't have a single person, not one person in our staff refused to work.
1: Wow.
0: I'm not surprised by that. that You lead a a good group. You really do. What about the vaccine? Um, Does that give you hope for, you know, better protection for your officer, your deputies and staff? The
2: vaccine, uh, it does. And and we've been through a little ordeal with the vaccine. If I can kind of maybe just explain that. And uh, I I would like people to know that. We, we've been involved in this with the Sheriff's Office and our emergency management. Uh, we've taken it seriously, as I said. We're a small county, but we want to protect our citizens, just like you know Richmond, Lexington, Charleston, anywhere else. Our citizens, even though we live in a small, rural, poor county, they deserve to be protected. So we deserve the right to uh, be educated. So we own conference calls and we listen And when they had the conference calls about the vaccines, I didn't really agree with the 1A, 1B. I thought law enforcement, fire service, EMS should be in the 1A. But when they explained it and said it needs to go to the more vulnerable population and the caregivers, uh, I agreed with that. And I didn't put up any protest, not that my protest would mean anything to them. But uh, once I got in the hospital, and once those angels started taking care of me, they needed not only for to take care of me and other people, but their families, because they're right there up in it. But uh, I began seeing news stories where lo- other law enforcement officers were getting vaccines uh, prominently on television. And I called the heck, and I was basically ignored, and then I was told that those are the roots, and I, I wanted to get mine personnel and our uh, firefighters and EMTs vaccinated. And I was just told that's not in the rules. You're 1B. You have to wait your time. And then again, I'm, I'm a team player. I said, okay. Well, in between that time, I caught the virus. Excuse me. I caught the virus and it, uh, it about took me out. Now, was there enough time in there that that could have helped me? Or could it reduce the results? I don't know. But I sure would have taken the vaccine if it was offered.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I can understand. Um, what are, what's your hope for recovery? You know, you were hospitalized for a while, and I know you're home. But what, what is your goal?
2: Well, I'm working hard. It's not easy. The doctors and the nurses and the respiratory therapists, all of the medical team, said that it is a uh, marathon. Mm. It is not a sprint. And you're going to be on the roller coaster. there are going to be good days and they're going to be bad days. And uh, their portrayal of that has been true to form as the day I walked into the emergency room. So it's a slow process. My desire is to get back to where I was. My prayer is that I'll get back to where I was. I am progressing, as I said in in the opening uh if you could have seen me several weeks ago uh and you see me today, I could not talk, I could not mm. speak, I could not walk so wow. i'm 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 walking right now, I'm about up to a half mile a day in increments. Yeah. I can't walk a whole half mile, but I'm up to a half mile a day and uh i'm i'm on lower uh oxygen hopefully i will be off the supplemental oxygen in a week maybe two hopefully i can begin some build up and back into work in my office i have worked from home and i've taken text messages facebook messages every day even when the question was in doubt i was still in touch with people so Uh, I'm, I didn't slip too much as far as that goes. But my hope is to get back to being able to live a full life as I did before.
0: That is our hope for you, too. Absolutely. Without question. Is there anything that um, you hope listeners remember from our conversation? And again, we're so grateful that you. You know, I know it exerts energy to do this, so we're thankful for your time today. But is there anything that you would like to make sure our listeners really take home from this?
2: I I would like to say this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I am a person that believes in choice. It's your choice to to get a vaccine. It's your choice to take precautions. Uh, But I can promise you this. You do not want to be where I was. You do not want to go through what I went through or the people that were on that COVID care unit with me. You don't want that. And if you're concerned about your arm being sore or getting a little rash or having a slight temperature uh, because you took a vaccine, think twice about that, please, because that goes away. This hasn't gone away very fast. Uh, I had a deputy came by and he said that he had aches and chills for uh, about eight hours after he took the vaccine. And and he said it was awful. And then I said, haven't you seen me? And then he <laughs> kind of changed his perspective a little bit. So uh, it's your choice. I'm not telling you go get it, you have to go get it. But I would rather take my chances with a vaccine than what I went through, you do not want that, and you do not want a family member to go through that. Because I was almost 17 days in a hospital without a visitor from a family member, a preacher, but I got visits from the from the nurses and the doctors, and they were beautiful.
0: I'm sure they were, and um, thank you. You know, to for those of your caregivers that might listen to this, thank you to them for all that they did for you. Um, thank you to Carol for keeping us up to date on um, Facebook uh, about your, your health. And we're just so glad that you're okay. Um, and your message here at the end, I think, will be powerfully accepted, Sheriff Foster. We're grateful.
2: I wanted to make sure when I couldn't adequately convey what was going on, I wanted Carol to let people know. Not, not, I could have hidden from this and gone, silent but i want people to know how bad this thing is and let me tell you the people that say it's not real it's
0: real man yes it is obviously well sheriff foster thank you Uh, you, prayers for your continued health sir all right well thank you first podcast i've ever done (laughs) may it not be your last you did great you did great i hope i handle it better than
2: i handle covid
0: (laughs) (laughs) you of course matthew that's sobering
1: yeah yeah, what a powerful message. What a powerful story. Yes. And, it, and it's the kind of story we need to hear. Yes. Particularly when we're thinking about folks questioning, do I take the vaccine or right. not? Right. So it's a very powerful message.
0: I'm so thankful that he shared it with us today. And for those of you who listened, I hope that you will share it um, and encourage others to listen to it and join us next time on Taking the Pulse, a healthcare podcast.